Um, this evening's Bible reading will be taken from Luke chapter 9, verse 21 to 27. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and, the, and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I will tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we pray tonight that you'd help us not just to be good hearers of your word, appreciators of your word, admirers of your word, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I thought tonight what we're going to really be looking at is this passage, which is a very well-known passage. Many of you know it. Jesus is, is saying to his disciple, hey, I'm going to die, and I'm going to go back to the Father. But I want you to understand that you have to pick up your crosses and follow me daily. But the, really the angle I want to look at tonight is, 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 is the angle of the mind. So I want you to get your thinking cap and come with me on this one. Because so often, as I said in my interview, I find that many young people love Jesus, but they actually have very little understanding why they love him, other than that they'll go to heaven when they die. Christianity is an intellectual faith. It deals both with your mind and your heart. So when we bring our hearts to Jesus, it's just the first step. We, we, we've got to grow in the knowledge of the truth so that we may be able to help other people understand why we believe what we believe. And maybe you're sitting here, you're invited by a friend who couldn't really answer some of your own questions or was even too scared to share the gospel and just thought, just come along and hear John was preaching. Then you would have your answers, your questions answered. And I'll be quite happy after the, the, the service to uh, engage with you just to answer some of your questions if you'd like me to do that. But this evening, I really want us to have to get this example that Jesus gives and the illustrations he presents to prove and to sustain his argument. Come with me. He says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. All right? It is a statement that, uh, that Jesus says, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to follow Jesus, you must understand before you do it that it is not a walk in the park. So we don't want you to come to Christ on the basis that come to Christ, your financial situation would change, your relationship situation would improve, your life would be better, you would get a job. No, 
No. We don't want you to come to faith under those pretense. We just want you to know the, the real gospel. Jesus says, if you are thinking about it, this is what you must know beforehand. Christian faith is about cross-caring life. So if you want to do that, you must know it. And in this statement, Jesus is simply just making it very simple. He says, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to be my disciple, you must be prepared to take up your cross every day and follow me. All right? And there is nothing complicated about Jesus' statement. Nothing. It's just the simplest of the statements. It simply says, take up your cross every day and follow me. And we'll be friends. We will change the world together. But it just feels so uncomfortable, isn't it? Because it goes against our worldly way of doing things. Who wants to give up his life or her life to follow Jesus? I mean, who wants to surrender his will or her will to the will of God? Who wants to surrender his or her dreams so that we may follow Jesus? I mean, if we are to be honest tonight, no one wants to do that. I want to be on the driver's seat of my future and my destiny. I want to be God. Someone's going to pay for our supper tonight. We just need to identify who that is, and supper is on that person. Your supper is sorted. Jesus insists on the whole idea of self-sacrifice. If we want to follow him, we must not be willing to give up our lives. We must do it. So as Christians, we can't with our lips proclaim and pronounce that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but with our lives, we live as though we're not Christians. That confuses those who are not Christians. And you're sitting here tonight, maybe you're not a Christian, and and you think, yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and, And I agree with you. If we're not living up to what we're called to do, we're actually not sending a good message to the world. To follow Jesus means we must die to self. We must embrace sacrifice, suffering, and rejection for his sake. All right? But why must we do that? Remember I said I want us to deal with this thing at an intellectual level, and then we allow it to sink in our hearts as we think it through. Jesus gives us two statements and one question to help us. Okay? But the heart of the matter is this. If you want to be a disciple, this is what you must be prepared to do. And then he gives us three of these. And I want you to see them as we go through. And all of them start with the word for, which means they're all linking to this first statement. All right? The four introduces the reason why we are called to deny ourselves, to take up his cross daily, and to follow him. The first of these three four is this one. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. 
If you don't have your thinking cap on, on when you read this passage, you're kind of like thinking, what is he talking about? It, because it's a strange paradox, isn't it? Jesus tells us that you and I, if we surrender our lives to him, we will gain our lives. But if we hold our lives and hold on to our lives, we will eventually lose it. If you don't want to deny yourself, take up the cross and follow Jesus. If you want to live the best of, this, of your life now in the comfort of your personal preferences and yourself as God, Jesus says, you will lose your life. Okay? He's not saying you may lose your life. He says, if you don't surrender your life, your life will be taken from you. And that's, that's, that's reason number one. Why we must make a decision to follow him. Because if we don't, we will lose our lives. Alright? That's number one. You see it? And you see the logic of it? If you're not willing, you will lose it. But if you lose it now, you'll gain it. This is what you will learn. You will you'll find out that in Christ, life is different than life in this world. You will learn that in God's economy, the measure of life is not the quality of the cell phone you own, nor the house you possess, nor the university you attend. You will learn in Christ that you were made not just for yourself, but for him. You will learn in Christ that your identity is not about what you do, but who you are in him. Man, it makes a difference. It makes such a difference when suddenly you find and your identity in Christ because you're no longer identified by your material possessions. My question is, are you willing to live your life under the Lordship of Christ now and spend eternity with him? Or are you prepared to save your life now in pursuit of your worldly desires and the, the desires of your flesh and spend your eternity away from the love of God? It's a decision you have to make. Coming to faith in Christ is not about this thing of closing your eyes and humming a song you, you don't know and feel this fuzzy thing. It's about you making an intellectual decision. Will you accept Jesus or will you reject him? Accepting him has consequences and privileges. Rejecting him has, privilege, has consequences. And it might look like it has privileges, but it doesn't. If you save it, you can bank on it. You will lose it. It's logical 
He's not just saying things that you can't ask questions and see the link. And that's why you've got to ask yourself now, if you're a Christian, if you say you're a Christian, looking at your life now, are you living for Christ or for yourself? You, can, you, you know, you know. It's not like maybe I'm not sure. No, I mean, a Christian who's not sure is a Christian is not a Christian. If you're a Christian, you know you're a Christian. Are you living for Christ? Is Christ your Lord and Savior? Because so many of Christians today, they love Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord. I want his salvation, but I don't want to be under his lordship. I remember a while back when my kids introduced me to social media. And my son set up Twitter for me, and then he was the first follower. And, uh, and then and people began to follow me, and, and, and then I followed him. But then I sent a friend request to his Facebook friend. Uh, and he said, Dad, no, I don't mind following you, but I don't want to be your friend on Facebook. I was like, come on, boy. No, no, no. no. I'll follow you, you follow me, and let's, let's keep it that, that way. I don't want to be your friend on Facebook. And it took a while for us to get to the point where we're friends on Facebook. But I sense that he probably was concerned that I would be questioning the stuff he was posting on Facebook. Because some of them, you would post them, hey, boy, come on, remember you're a pastor's kid. Remember, man, just remember. Just remember the family name hangs on this. Some people love Jesus as Lord, but not prepared to accept him as Savior. It's all or nothing. All right? It's all or nothing. And you will see why later. Jesus is, is Lord and Savior, not one or the other. So that's the first statement. He says, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me daily. Because if you want to save your life, you must surrender it to me. And if you want to lose it, keep it. And the second thing comes in the form of a question in verse 25. Have a look at it. He says, that's the second four. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeit himself? This was the question I grappled with. Jesus says, think about it. Imagine for a moment you have all the world's finest things. Nice house, nice car, clothes, the power of influence. You've got everything going for you. You possess all the wealth the world has and, and you live a fine life. You could go anywhere you want to go for holiday. And then the moment of truth comes. You die. You meet God. And he says to you, away from me, I have never known you. Would you at that time look back and say, it's fine going to hell, but I've been to Honolulu, I've been to Mauritius, and I drove my SUVs. And... Would anyone ever come to that conclusion? No. No. But somehow, 
Many people reject the gospel because they prefer the here and now of life. And I want to tell you that on that day, whatever reason you have that holds you from coming to Christ, it would look so stupid that you wouldn't even want to say it. What profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses himself? Are you willing to forfeit your life, your soul, your eternal life just for the things of this world? Is it worth it? It's not, it's not something that needs uh, to be packed with emotions. You just need to ask yourself this question and answer it honestly. You're not a Christian and you're content with the fact that you're not a Christian. I, have you thought about it long and hard? Have you thought about the implications of it? And Jesus says, if we do not, if we do not come to him, we will forfeit our lives. If we do not chase after the things of this world, but instead take the hard road of discipleship, Jesus says, we will spend our eternity with him. Have you thought about this really? Or every time when you think about Christianity, you just think of your friend and you're like, no, I don't want to be like that, therefore I don't like the whole Christian thing. The third one is in verse 26. first one was, whoever would save his life will lose it. The second one was, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose himself? And the third one is this. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. That's the third one and the final one. But when Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me, think about it. What? Why on earth would anyone be ashamed of Jesus? Why? What could cause us to be ashamed of Jesus and his word? I think you know the answer. You're scratching your head and you're like, I wonder. I think you know the answer. I think you know the answer. The answer often is because of our deep desire to be accepted by those who have rejected Jesus. It is rather embarrassing to proclaim the gospel when all the people around you, the people you want to associate with, view Christianity as a joke. You know what you believe, but you just feel, it's so stupid, I'm not going to say it. And when you come to that conclusion, you are ashamed of Jesus. And the question is, are you a Christian? 
You know, for us who are Christians, we should have compassion for those who do not know Christ. And if you're here because your friend invited you, it's because your friend is compassionate and he really wants to see you being saved. And you have a moment where you would have to make that decision. We would afford you the opportunity tonight to reassess your previous decision so that you can make a new and a fresh decision. And it might be that you're not ready to make the decision. We are trying to help you understand, but you must know the implications and the consequences of the decision you will make tonight. The number of Christians, I think, today who are in this category of being ashamed of the gospel is far greater than we would like to admit There are so many Christians who are not known at work that they're Christians. Who are not known at varsity that they're Christians. Who are not known at school that they teach they're Christians. And Jesus says, if you're ashamed, he will be ashamed of you. You know the story when some people said to him, but Lord, Lord, we, 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 We performed miracles in your name. And Jesus said to them, away from me, evildoers, I have never known you. Christianity is real because God is real and God's kingdom is real and hell is real. You have to make a decision. If you're ashamed of him now, you will lose him then. So let's think it through as we try to apply it in our own lives today. We have seen the three powerful reasons why we should take, deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. This requires your mind. You need to think about it. You have to make up your mind whether you want to follow Jesus or you don't want to follow Jesus. I think it was John Chapman who once said, many of us love sin, we just hate the consequences. And here's the great thing, is that Christ has come to take care of sin and its consequences. Ours is just to come to him in faith. You have to make up your mind tonight. Your decision means the difference between losing and gaining your life. Losing and gaining your soul. Or having Christ as your Lord and Savior or or meeting him as a judge. Be careful. Be careful of your worldly comfort, your worldly riches, your unquenchable desire for worldly approval. It could cost you far more than you think. What will it take for you to see Jesus for who he really is? If his argument tonight is not clear, 
deep in your heart, what is it that would convince and convict your heart of the reality of heaven and hell? You know, real people are being lost on a daily basis. I mean, as a pastor, it's one of those things where when you go to, you conduct a memorial service or a funeral, and then you go to the place where, the graveyard, and you find the majority of people there now are younger people, not older people. It's the people who thought, we have time on our side. We will make that decision when we are in our 60s and 70s because for now, we just want to enjoy life. Many of the young people, they, in their minds, they know that Jesus is Lord. But the idea of the cross on a daily basis, it just makes them feel, no, not now. When I'm old, then I will. You are assuming on the grace of God that you will have tomorrow. But you may not have it. Today is a gift. Tomorrow is unknown. And yesterday is gone. What will it be? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for his teaching. We thank you for his life. We thank you for the way he modeled the gospel. We thank you that he willingly laid down his life so that we may be saved. And we thank you for the cross. We thank you that he's afforded us the opportunity to carry the cross for his glory and he sustains us on a daily basis. I pray, Lord, for some people in our midst tonight who would have to think these things through, that you would open the eyes of their hearts so they may see your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.